It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area and national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Good morning again, everybody, and welcome to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We are with you until 11 o'clock, the Tate Kelly Sports Psychiatrist Office is open. <laughs> if you uh, would like to make a reservation or a phone consultation, feel free to jump in on the morning after of a disappointing uh, loss to Maryland for the Illini basketball team last night. 81-65 is the uh, final there. Mr. Tate, how are you doing this morning? Doing fine. The world's not coming to an end. This was just one basketball game, but uh, it was disappointing in the fact that, uh, number one, Kofi was out, so you knew it was going to be tough going in. And they took uh, extreme advantage of the situation, didn't they? Well, yeah. And, and if you look back at the at the, the recent game with Maryland, we just played them a few days back. And when Kofi was out before halftime, Illinois took a twenty-one to seven lead, and, and it turned into a thirty-four thirty halftime deficit. And so all the what was that twenty-three to nine something like yep. that, mm-hmm. and, and a run that they when when Kofi when he only played eight minutes in the first half of that game, played the whole second half and just dominated. But you could see uh, without Kofi that Illinois can't handle him. I mean, they just can't. I mean, when Scott's going in there and shooting layups on you all night long, that's sickening. I mean, they really hurt Illinois inside. I was scoring at the in, in the. Uh, I forgot the number now, but do you have it forty? What was it forty-one to 16, 16, something like yeah, that in the paint. Yeah, in the paint. It yeah. just it just Illinois was totally dependent on three-point shooting, which held them up for a while. Yeah, three guys had 45 of the 65 points. 81-65, the final. Their phone line's open if you'd like to join us, 217-356-9397. We've got some guests lined up throughout the morning. We're going to talk about the ball game uh, some more with uh, Brad Sturdy coming up. Kent Brown will drop in a little bit too. Jack Ebling and uh, Dan Dockage also on the uh, guest list today. One other uh, game in the Big Ten last night, Michigan State 86, Wisconsin 74. The road team wins there and knocks uh, Wisconsin out of first place. Michigan State subs scored 43 out of 86. What percentage is that, Steve? <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> half. And 40, yeah, 43 points from the starters, 43 from the bench. That's amazing. 21-2 run on, on fast breaks. I mean, Wisconsin just didn't fast break. Well, Michigan State does what they do mm-hmm. coming after a home court loss to Northwestern last yep. weekend. Yeah. One that the, they tried to give to back to Michigan State, if you remember back on that Saturday well, game or Sunday game. The made a couple of calls in the last second that were kind of iffy. They did. Iffy. Uh, coming up today, Penn State at Iowa, Rutgers at Minnesota. Nebraska was supposed to play at Ohio State. That one's been postponed. Coming up tomorrow, Michigan at Indiana and Northwestern at Purdue. Indiana with a big win a couple of nights ago over the Boilermakers. They had uh, they had a long losing streak going in that series, but they, uh, did. they came out of it big time. You, if you'd have just tuned in to see the uh, end of the game, you thought they won the national championship. Yeah, they poured on the court. I mean, it was all uh, 
It, it was just kind of a weird game in which Jackson Davis didn't do anything. He had one field goal, and he made two free throws right at the end on an intentional foul, uh, you know, when they were trying to get the ball back. But he was just no factor. Uh, it was It's kind of amazing uh, what's happening, and it just looks like every game is almost every game is a toss-up. Let's go to the phones. Gary in Urbana is up first on uh, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Hey, Gary. Yeah, morning. You know, to be fair, Wisconsin played last night without Wall. That's a good point. He's a 50. Yep. And the two guys that replaced him didn't come up to the average of the number of points he scores per game. Well, the, not only that, there. but it, it affected them defensively too. I mean, he, I mean, when you lose your center, it's it's a big it's a problem, isn't it? Well, and then the other guys, you know, like they talk to the on the TV, everybody has to adjust to sort of a you know somewhat of a new pattern with different people in there. So, and and be fair, Illinois is a really good team with Kofi. Without Kofi, I think they're sort of average or maybe a little bit better average, but Kofi's the, obviously the huge difference. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kofi's the reason all those perimeter shooters are getting open shots. I mean, right. not the only reason, but he is a big, you know, defensively, you've got to figure on double teaming him some, and when you do that, it throws your defense out of kilter. Right, absolutely. So, you know, they, you know, they, need, they talked about that. At least they did mention several times last night that Wall made a huge difference in mm-hmm. Wisconsin losing. Yeah, so. he was in street clothes okay. for the game. I saw that. I that's uh, that was a big factor. Although I, I just uh, Michigan State just had things. Of course, that game got down to six points in the second half. I was, I didn't follow it that close. I was busy uh, doing some other stuff and uh, relative to the Illinois game, and and I didn't see everything. But I saw the early part where Michigan State just buried them, and then of course they right. hung on the rest of the way. Well, then Davison made some incredibly long threes, and that's pretty much what brought them back. Yeah. But they also had some really, really bad – Wisconsin had some really bad turnovers, which is pretty yeah. much unusual for them. Yeah, that is unusual so. for them. Okay. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate the call. 217-356-9397 is the number. So the Big Ten standings has Michigan State on top now at 6-1. and one. Illinois and Wisconsin both 6-2. and two. Of course, the Spartans come to town on Tuesday in a 6 o'clock game. And if you're uh, wanting to go and you don't have tickets, you do have a chance to uh, get a pair of Illinois basketball tickets to see the Illini and Michigan State on Tuesday. Go to the Facebook page here and register to win at the contest at the top of the page, the uh, WDWS, WHMS, WKIO Facebook page, the DWS page there. And have a chance to win tickets to those ball games should be a pretty good uh, contest. One that uh, is always highly circled on the calendar, and it seems like it always is an important game. And that will come up. And the uh, question will be, will Michigan State be a favorite on the road at Illinois? I don't know. It, uh, it depends it, on it, Kofi. It, you're right, it does. I mean, if you if you set the odds, if you let me set the odds on Illinois going to Maryland, which is 1-6, without Kofi, that's that's a toss-up game at best. Illinois is no favorite. I mean, we've seen that how Illinois plays without Kofi, and we and we know that uh, defensively Illinois is inept without him. Just inept. That was about as bad a defense as you can play last night. Got a text here wanting us to talk a bit about uh, Coach Underwood's hesitancy to play a zone to stop drives or even to double team. He didn't do that much either uh, last night. 
Well, you know, people try, call for zones I all know, the time, I and know. we've got certain coaches that aren't going to use the zone, and that's most of the coaches won't, and I guess they don't practice it, and they don't feel confident with it, and but uh, anything would have been better than what we saw last night, wouldn't it? Well, Scott was backing guys down like he was backing you down there. Yeah, I know. I mean, there was like no resistance to him at all. And then Fats uh, Russell was driving and Ayala was driving. I mean, I saw it. They, they broke down Illinois with their dribble. And that's You can't have that. It was more than just Kofi not being there. But the thing that I saw in recent games, and I, we all got to understand that a lot of these wins that Illinois – has uh, are against respected teams who most of whom aren't as good this haven't been as good this year as they are normally but I see a lot of guys dribble into the paint and turn around and and go the other direction with Kofi's in there I mean looking for the open guy somewhere else and in this case they just took it on into the basket and scored it only counts as one loss folks and Illinois <laughs> is still six and two in Big Ten play they lost uh Back-to-back games early in the Big Ten season last year, and that uh, well, they lost their back-to-back to back games this year. You right. know, Marquette and Cincinnati. Yeah, I was talking Big Ten games. Yeah, back sure. to back, But uh, then they went on a pretty good run. So, coach makes pretty good money to turn things around. So, well, you got to get your guys healthy. Yeah, let's, I mean, you just have to. I mean, if you can't do that, you're not going to have a successful season. Here we are on January 22nd. And they basically haven't had their team together. And you're telling me that that uh, that Underwood said something. I didn't hear this. That Underwood said something about um, Corbello. Corbello being sick last night. Said he had a 100, fever. Hundred degree temperature. That's what he said in the post game. Uh, not on the radio. He was not on the post game radio uh, with Brian and Dion. Uh, Jeff Alexander substituting for him there. But in the uh, post-game press conference, he yeah, said Yeah, I it. saw some of that on Big Ten Network, but I didn't see him. I didn't hear him say that. I didn't either. I just heard that he did say that. Mm-hmm. So, and that would be a factor. And you know, the, the, the Purdue game, Coleman Hawkins had the flu, and yep. it turned out he didn't play much. And So anyway, that's where we stand right now. 81-65, Maryland over number 17, Illinois. The Illini could with two losses drop out of the top 25 when the voting comes. Yeah, I doubt that the first one would have knocked them no, out. But the correct. second one, I mean, we got to consider Illinois as two teams. One team without Kofi, one yeah. team with Kofi. Without Kofi, they're not a top 25 team. With Kofi, they are. Yes. And the problem is getting Kofi back in the lineup and being able to hold him there and keep him there uh, with the foul problems that he's had. Some other uh, notes in uh, other sports, basketball in the NBA. The Bucks beat the Bulls last night, 94-90. to Iowa Dusumu was still starting. He played a team-high 39 minutes in that game last night. Five points, five rebounds, six assists, I think. But uh, the Bulls beat, or rather were beaten by the Bucks, 94-90. The Illini women's basketball team is, uh, is uh, dealing with a restructured schedule. They were supposed to play at home against Nebraska tomorrow. Instead, they'll play at Iowa. Mm-hmm. At uh, 5 o'clock tomorrow, that game will be on uh, BTN and on the airwaves right here as well with Mike Coon on the play-by-play. So they're doing some adjusting themselves. Illini Wrestling dropped a 25-13 to decision at Purdue last night. The uh, men's tennis and women's tennis teams are in action this weekend at home. The men taking on Ohio State and Chicago State today. The women play tomorrow against EIU and Chicago State. So Illinois, Ohio State, men's yeah, tennis right out of the gate. Yeah, that's pretty tough. 
it is tough. So they'll uh, do that today. The track and field Illini Invitational is ongoing again today at the Armory. It uh, got started yesterday. There's a new Hall of Fame class. What are we calling this? It's an all-time great class. It's, it's like the Veterans Committee, isn't it? Well, it's everybody before 1950. I think they, just, they want to just basically uh, clean that up, uh, you know, and get everybody uh, that deserved to be in in those years between 1900 and 1950. Steve, if you go back into the 1920s and 30s, Illinois had a lot of great uh, track people. They had good teams. They had good football teams under Zupke uh, for a long time. They're, they're, uh, it's kind of hard, and it's not hard. It's impossible to compare right. Bart McComer, who was a great player in his day, with somebody 100 years later. Right. <laughs> and uh, that's about where we were. Well, a couple of names that you'll recognize, Doug Wilson, oh, yeah. certainly, um, Ray Woods. Mm-hmm. There's some other guys that... Uh, Woods Free Throw uh, is named after him. Yep. Bernie Shively, who went on and uh, mm-hmm. did he go to Kentucky, did Kentucky, he? yeah. He was the athletic director at Kentucky. I think he's a Hall of Famer at Kentucky. I think he is. <laughs> um, when I was in school at Kentucky, he was, uh, he was not there then, but it hadn't been that long mm-hmm. prior to the, that he had mm-hmm. left as AD. So some pretty good names on there, and Ken Brown will visit with us a little bit later on, and we'll talk more. Who Devers? Who Devers was a great baseball player yep. for the Detroit Tigers. Yep. He was an outfielder, center yep. fielder. He could run and hit, and he was hit at Illinois for a short time. He so. played uh, baseball and basketball in 1940. Yeah. So I guess he was only here a year because they that's the only year they listed. So, um, yeah, Jack, yeah. Jack Smiley in basketball. Another, oh, yeah. Another guy on there. Oh, yeah. So Kent will tell us more about that. Jack Smiley, when they came back from the war, was the most valuable player on the Illinois team. Not Andy Phillip, not Gene Vance, Jack Smiley. Yep. We need to take our first break here at uh, 914, Illini Pella, Saturday Sports Talk. Again, we've got the phone lines open, some guests lined up as well. And we'll be back with more after this. Stay with us. Welcome back to the show, Illini Pella, Saturday Sports Talk at 916. Lauren Tate, Steve Kelly with you until 11 o'clock, and the phone line is open. If you want to talk more about that ball game last night or what's ahead for Illini basketball, 217-356-9397 is the number. Plenty of high school basketball last night. I'll give you a few of those scores, and you can check the News Gazette this morning for uh, rundowns on uh, these and other games. Centennial beat Danville 56-54. Monticello wins again. 59-43, the Sages are 20-1. and Yeah, they came from behind in that game. You know, they're trailing in a quarter and a half, and uh, they really rolled in the second half. St. Joe Ogden got 32 points from Ty Pence to beat uh, Chillicothe IVC, 72-64. St. Thomas Moore over Olympia, 56-26. Tuscola, 55. Warrensburg-Latham, 46. Jalen Quinn with 25 there. Unity beat Rantoul, 56 56- 36, a couple of girls scores, Uni High over DeLand Weldon, 43-19, and Unity beat Mount Zion, 45-43. Those scores and rundowns of other games in the News Gazette this morning. Matt Daniels, Colin Likas, and others doing a great job there in uh, getting that high school coverage for you as they do every week and throughout the football season, basketball season, and year-round as well. A lot of things to talk about on this Saturday morning. Again, we're with you until 11 o'clock this morning here, following a a disappointing loss for Illini basketball last night. 81-65 was the final score 
at Maryland, and Michigan State is up next. You'll be able to find them uh, uh, find that ball game at six o'clock on Tuesday at State Farm Center, and tickets are still available. You may have heard uh, yesterday through social media, yesterday and Thursday, and then this morning in the News Gazette, a little bit about the Illini Guardians. We're going to tell you more about uh, that as our friend uh, Craig McDonald has wandered into the stadium. Good morning, uh, or station rather. Uh, Craig, how are you doing this morning? Uh, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Other than the loss last night, I'm fantastic. I'm going to catch up with... Uh, Craig, of course, one of the uh, uh, local businessmen here, runs the McDonald uh, Real Estate uh, Group, and you're involved with Illini Guardians, kind of an interesting uh, concept that's not a new concept around the country, but uh, it is new to Illinois in, uh, you know, dealing with NIL fundraising and such. Uh, Give us a little rundown how this came about and how you see it working. I'm sure there's a lot of questions to be answered. Yeah, there's a lot of questions to be answered, and, uh, you know, there's been a few programs rolled out around the country from different universities. But I can tell you that there was no university prepared when they signed that deal on like July 1st or whatever it happened. Nobody was prepared. Um, it has, not, I don't want to say the Wild West, but a lot of ideas have been thrown around. Um, I've been working on it with um, Cam, Cam Cox. He was hired specifically at the university, very bright, very engaging, engaging person, um, basically since the day he got here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of ideas come through, and the more people you get involved, all the different ideas. Um, we had a, a format in place that this format really was better and had more people involved and didn't rely upon, well, basically me. Um, now there's a lot bigger people than me. The smartest person in the room just went out the door for me. That's for sure, Lauren. <laughs> well, how many people are involved in, in the leadership of this? In the leadership, there's six of us. Okay. And I could probably say probably closer to ten. Um, there's some outline. The people you mentioned that were mentioned in the News Gazette um, are the base foundation, but there's a lot of people helping now. Um, Busey Bank's been very instrumental um, in, in – Doing that, Bob Bowsrud has been unbelievable. Um, as you can imagine, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work. It's not just somebody just giving money. What happens to it, and how is it allocated, right. and who's who's the guardian? <laughs> not to use the same term, sure. But who's the guardian of the money? And there's a lot of questions that, that haven't been answered yet. But how do you decide who to give the money to? That'll be the market, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big question that nobody really has answered. You know, what's the market for Kofi to come back next year? Mm-hmm. What's the market for Drew Timmy to come back next year? You know, so mm-hmm. as you see deals happen through the nation, then you'll get an understanding of what what needs to be what needs to take place. Is that is that information going to be public knowledge though? Will you be able to know what that is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that that that's probably going to be where I come down most in this organization. You know, I don't have the money to put my name on the building or anything like that. <laughs> um, but those, those contracts are they're supposed to be public. Mm-hmm. You know, this open doors, you had to turn a contract in to open doors if you had one with some kids. We even had. Are you uh, involved with open doors? No, we are not involved okay. in open doors whatsoever. So let's 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 take a full 30 second time out on that. We're involved with nobody except ourselves. Not coaching staffs, not DIA. I mean, they're forbidden from arranging any kind of deals or being involved in any way. We get paid absolutely nothing. 
every person that's doing this is doing it out of loyalty to the University of Illinois. Um, there may be some administrative expenses that are involved. Um, I can think of credit card stripe fees or something like that that are going to be taken out, of course. But nobody, this, there's not anybody that has a paid position in this. All the money flows directly into the, U, the University of Illinois student athletes. Do the players, the student athletes, have to do anything to earn this money? Yes. Do they? Yes. Um, part of the stipulation is that just because you're on the team doesn't make you qualify <laughs> to get money. You actually have to do something physical. And what I really liked about what I really really liked about this is that they're going to use it for good in the community. So some of the responsibilities that these young men and young women will have is that, say, or Tracy Abrams has that thing in Chicago where he's helping underprivileged kids. I don't know the name of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys will go up and spend a weekend with them and actually do some good for the community, good for what we have going here. You know, some problem kids, problem mentoring. We're going to get them involved in those programs in Champagne. You know, their schedules are tight and they work hard. You guys all – they're, they don't have a lot of time between school and sports, and we want them to be good basketball players. But we also want them to be representative of the University of Illinois and do good for the communities. And that's what I really liked about this portion of it. Sure, a donor can contact us and want to have Kofi as a spokesperson for him, and then we're the conduit that gets that person in touch with Kofi. Not some agent, not some attorney trying to make money or a wolf that came into town like they all did as soon as it opened up that we're the conduit we don't have anything to do with that contract after that but the ch- the young man or young woman at the university knows it's coming from a reliable source and it's real and it's there only to benefit them and you ha- you actually have people who are contributing to you yep and let's say steve kelly contributes money can he in any way control how that money is distributed yes sir um you can do it any way you would like. If you want to just do it to the general fund, that's one way to do it. And then it could be spread across. It could end up in football, women's gymnastics. It could end up anywhere. Or you can say, I want, you know, Brad Dancer has built this program to a level that, you know, well, I guess Craig Wiley did too. But mm-hmm. um, I want to give my – I want to write a check for $25,000, and I want it to go to the tennis team. Mm-hmm. Then it goes to the tennis team. And then the tennis team – you. What you have people coming in, you have people leaving. Um, I can see it being really beneficial. They won't get the kind of money that a Kofi or, you know, you know, a, a star football player is going to get, or Andre Cabello. But a lot of these other sports have half scholarships, right? As you know, they split yeah. like golf and yeah. and they Baseball, split scholarships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tennis, yeah, and mm-hmm. tennis. And yeah. now you can really, if you have a decent program. The coaching staff can't promise it, of course. They're not involved in it. But you can actually have full rides for kids that need it, that have the talent that sometimes it's, you know, everybody assumes that a tennis player kid has money or a golf kid has money. That's not always the case. Mm-hmm. And this could be a conduit for them to really up, you mean, help their programs. And that's what I liked about this program over what I was doing before, Lauren. But you can't do anything until the player is enrolled. For instance, DeVito is now enrolled at the University of Illinois as a, co- a potential quarterback uh, player for Illinois. Right. You could now deal with him. Yes. But not three days ago or ten days ago. Not while well, they don't – on a recruiting trip, we don't deal with them. If they say, uh, you know, last letter of intent doesn't count 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they have to be here enrolled in school. Mm-hmm. And also, to the contrary, the minute their name goes in the transfer portal, all money's cut off. Okay. The minute they are not in good standing with the basketball program, I mean, I can think back to, I don't want to mention any names and done think bad things in the past, but they have to be in good standing with the basketball program, the university, and they have to be a member of the team. So if you're in the transport portal, you're not. Now, if they're going, let's say they did like Kofi did last year or even Luke Ford tested the NFL waters, but never enter their name in the transfer portal until they declare that they're out and going to the NFL, their deal still could be in place. Do you have a this is an don't don't answer this if you can't, but do you have a number that you think it would take to get Kofi to come back next year? No, I don't. <laughs> because the market hasn't been set. If I if I thought I knew, I would tell you, Lauren. But I I think it's a real possibility. And you know, with Cabello being hurt this year, I think it's a real possibility of him coming back because he's not going to be able to even if he gets healthy now, he may be able to showcase himself for two weeks. Yeah. You know, so it's. I think there's a lot of interesting twist to it, Steve. Yeah, we when talk- you really get to down and thinking about, and we can go into all of those. I mean, it's really interesting the consequences and the plus and minuses of it. I mean, fundamentally, Lauren, I'm old school. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think a college education's an awful lot to give a kid. Well, it's just kind of where the playing field is now. You, yeah, you're going to do things that had have been done at other places illegally. Tell, tell us what you've learned about other schools and what they've, uh, what they've done. Not schools, what organizations connected with schools have done. Um, well, BYU's in a little bit of trouble. BYU. Yeah. Uh-huh. They came out with a program. I don't think it'll be big trouble because nobody really knew what they were doing to start. Miami, I believe, is in a little bit of – they're under some investigation as well with what they did. Um, I believe there's a, like a car dealer and – I think it was Ohio that gave every football player, every offensive lineman, $500. And then one day they came out and go to their car lot and sign autographs. Um, But now you're starting to see things more like this. When we originally started, we were going to do a subscription service, like Illini guys or Mm -hmm. 24-7 for each student. Like every student we have, every basketball player, has actually a website that I built out for them. And you could subscribe to them, keeping you in touch with everything. But to get that momentum going, it was going to take a long time to get subscribers to where it meant something. Now that can be a part of it, but we also go out and raise big funds from donors that we have money raised right now that's available for NIL players, and we launched two days ago, and some significant money. Did uh, Is Josh Whitman at all concerned, or have you talked to him about the fact that you're – probably taking money that would have otherwise gone to the university for the administration of their program? I think, yes, I have talk, I have spoken with Josh um, for a couple of reasons. One, I in being involved, I want to make – I didn't want to be in any kind of crossroads with the university or the athletic department. I love, love them too much to get on the outside. And, and working with Cam, I've learned a tremendous amount about what you can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your question again? I, I can't, yeah. Well, I just wonder, Whitman has, you know, they fundraise Are all you the going time. after the same money? Yeah. 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 Is, is, you, I would think some of this would be the same money. That is absolutely a concern mm-hmm. um, from their department. But when you look at it, this is why there's a lot of consequences, and that's a great question. 
if we don't have the players, they're not building any buildings. <laughs> you know, so it, it, it's a chicken or egg, which comes first. And you all, we all know that wins come first, and then money flows in easily. When the wins aren't so good, the donations and suites at the football stadium, you know, they're not they're not full. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they lost twenty two suites or something like that, something crazy this year. We're talking to uh, Craig McDonald. We're talking about Illini Guardians. Um, currently, the athletic department has several ways to to raise money. They have the quarterback club golf outing. They have rebounders events, networkers, and such like that. Will you work with those organizations, or are they on their own on that? There's no donation too small. And it would be up to that organization whether they want to raise money. Let's say they raise money for the basketball program, the rebounders, mm-hmm. which I played in that event dozens of times. Right. Um, mm-hmm. They can dictate if they want that money to go to Illini Gardens, Guardians, and we would gladly take it. I mean, like I said, there's no donation too small. If there's a little old lady that loves Illini basketball and wants to give $5 a month, Think about the multiples of that. You know, if we have, let's say that, well, I can afford $500 a month. And let's say that's what I wanted to give. And there's a 1,000 guys like me out there. That's $500,000 a month that can go to the student athletes. And that was the original. But we also need the big guys to come in to get us started. Because the power of Illini Nation will be powerful in time. But to get that up and going, and the needs that we're going to have, we're going into recruiting season, we're going into transfer season for basketball, football's already there. You know, if I will say this, this this was one of, we had three major goals. One is that we did it legally, that everything we did was above board with the NCAA, with the DIA. Two, we wanted our players to remain great players. And if they're out there spending all their time trying to find deals, it's taken away from their focus of being a great player. And the third one, and I don't know if they're in that order, but we're going to take a a second seat to no one, period. Not Kentucky, not North Carolina, not Duke. We have the alumni, we have the connections, we have the veins. Our goal is that we would get outbid because we weren't bidding. Now we're going to – we're going to we're in the game, and we're not going to take a back seat. Lauren is reaching for his wallet, so I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll ask a, a right. question. There'll be, fl- there'll be butterflies come out. <laughs> I know of that. I've seen those. I've, there's dollars in there that have been there for Just a while. Just dust. <laughs> um, this might be a question for Cam Cox down the road, but say say I have a bit. Say I I'm a general manager of of a golf course locally, and I want to have one of the athletes come out on a Saturday morning and do a autograph signing thing. Does that go through you? Does that go through open doors? Does that go through Cam Cox or those separate things or what? It doesn't go through Cam Cox. Okay. I mean, Cam is hired by the university and he advises all of us to keep us down the straight and narrow and out of trouble. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I mean, I can't say enough about, him, I don't know if you've met him yet. Oh yeah, yeah we've had him on a couple he's, times. He's really good. We, he, he's. I think we ought to have him next week if we yeah. can. Yeah, he's bright. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's something else. Um, but you know, open doors takes thirty percent. Now they say they don't take thirty percent, 
So if you give ten thousand dollars, they just add thirty percent. They on. add thirty percent on to it. Yeah. So everybody says, well, they don't take nothing. I mean, so that was the problem. And even the agents that were coming to town, and even agents that were above board agents, not just slime balls. There's an opportunity here to, for them to make money. We wanted the ability for the student athlete not to be taken advantage of, which and that can even happen from family members, by the way, that there'll be a contract. And let's say that golf course wants Cabello to come out and sign. There would be a contract in place. And on that contract on the back page, there would be the duties that they're expected to do to fulfill that contract. And as long as they fulfill that contract, they get paid the money that they've been talking about. And who decides the amount of money? The six of you, or the eight, ten of you, or the, the ones that are? It, it'll be market value, but those individual ones like that. Let's say back in the day, Clint wanted Cabell to open up Stone Creek. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to pay him $100,000 to do that. That's legal. Mm-hmm. There is no, that those deals between one individual and the player, there's really, as long as they fulfill that obligation, it's legal, and there is no price tag on that, or lack of price tag. You know, it could they could Cabela could do it for free if he wanted to, or he could do it for a quarter of a million dollars. It doesn't make any difference. What kind of communications have you had? Will you have with various coaches on the U of I staff? I would say various coaches. Uh, the only thing I'll have communication with them is trying to understand the market. Mm-hmm. Not like they, it's not like they're going to be calling me up and say, "Okay, this, this, this." No, right. they they've washed their hands of that because that that's that's one of the rules that we don't break. Um, but you know, as they hear of deals, I'm sure they're going to share them with me, so that way we can start building a market to making sure that we're staying staying in. So Illini competition, Gu- I guess. Yeah, yeah. IlliniGuardians dot com is that? Uh, I believe. Yeah, I believe yep. that's right. I didn't bring the press release. So if anybody wants to uh, find out more about it or how to how to donate, you said in you know just a couple of days you've gotten some money in. Already. Oh yeah, I mean I I I saw I saw Bob last night. We were watching a game at at same place, and he goes, "I had three donations. There, people are calling me, and and how do they get money into the fund?" So um, we're going up to Chicago next week. Um, you know, a lot of people's on board. Iowa's on board. Uh, Dana Howard's on board. Uh, Kendall Gill. What's that? Kendall Gill. Kendall Gill's already said something about it. Yeah. So um, the Illini guys, I mentioned them mm-hmm. and Larry Smith. Have you, mm-hmm. do you have you guys had yep. Larry Smith on? We've not had Larry on. We, we're having Brad Sturdy on here just a little bit. Okay, uh, he's great. involved with them as well. But we'll uh, we'll definitely have Larry on. We had Mike Cagley on last week uh, from that organization. So I know you've been talking to them for. For a little while. Months. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to Larry. He basically was the first one to sign on our, our original thought that we had. And so they're going to be publicizing. You know, like Illini Guys has 44,000 subscribers or something. It's crazy. So that's a way to get the message out about what we're doing, that it's a not-for-profit, that the money goes to the kids, that nobody's taking advantage of them, that my original one was only for the basketball program because as one person you can only handle so much. Now with the collective group, it is for every women's, men's, every program the University of Illinois has. And I really like that as well, too. 
that. Jer- uh, Jeremy Werner from uh, 247 Sports also did a nice uh, story online about this as well. So really I, it sounds like Trent Frazier has been uh, involved in, in a lot of stuff already before you got involved. Huh? Yeah, Trent, um, Trent has an agent, and he's a good guy. Trent's lucky. He got hooked up to a University of Illinois grad, um, friends, of, um, friends of the program as well, too. And he's taught everybody a little bit about how, how things are structured. So when we are trying to build contracts, you know, contracts would come in, and this is how it's structured in the real world, I guess, I, I guess is a good way to say it. And they were very helpful and beneficial to, to us. And, and Trent has, has done the most publicly, of course, but that's Trent. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just... And is he involved with Open Doors or just... No. Just an agent? Just an agent. Okay. And he, like I said, he's, he's lucky. I mean, uh, the, the man's a good man. Brian Bradke's his name, and you'll hear that name from time to time around here. And he's a good man. Well, we appreciate you coming in, uh, Craig, to talk about this. Anything else you'd like to add here? We're kind of you know, running out of time on this segment, but... No. The only thing I would really like to add is we're not going to take a backseat to anybody. That this group is committed to making sure that if to winning national championships, not finishing in the upper half of the Big Ten, and with I don't think without a solid NIL program that that's capable anymore. Unfortunately, there are other people uh, engaged in this type of thing. I know at least individually, or maybe collectively uh, with a few other people. Right, even before you got started in this. I mean, you're not the only one that's out there trying right. to. Maybe you need to incorporate others into your own organization. Everybody's welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean that sincerely. That it was what's been enlightening for me is that all these people on this list are have been fairly successful. Like I said, I'm the the lowest rung on the whole ladder. Not really. Um, <laughs> yeah, but and everybody has their own ideas. They're strong personalities, as you can imagine. But when we came to a common goal of what we wanted to do and wanted to accomplish, everything fell in line. Everybody's egos kind of said, well, you know, that's a better idea than what I had. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, there was no somebody just pushing it down the throat. It's like, man, I'm sitting in some room with some smart people here. I need to listen. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the – and it will get better. I mean, it will get better and better as we learn more and more about it. Yeah, but as they, as people learn more and more about you, right? Yeah, and but there's going to be no, but Kentucky's not kicking our butt. North Carolina, nobody's going to do that. That's that's our goal in a legal way, and a way that benefits the athletes the most. That's that's probably how I'd like to end it, Steve. Greg, thanks Good. for coming in. Yeah, you we appreciate it. it. We'll uh, we'll get back with you and update it along the way. And that'd be great. I'd love I'd love to talk about any time I can call in. Um, please go to the site. I think it was, like you said, it's lineguardians.com. Yep. Um, and if you have any questions or want to donate and want to talk to me about it, um, I'm pretty easy to find out there. Just look at a billboard around town somewhere. <laughs> you'll be able to get a hold of me. <laughs> um, but, um, again, I'm happy to talk to anybody about it and put you with the people that actually can, if you want to make a donation, this will be the first time, Lauren. Please donate to our fund. Okay. Okay. Craig McDonald, everybody, need to take a break. We'll do that and be back and uh, talk more about last night's basketball game. And we come back, Alana Ipella Saturday Sports Talk, back after this. 944 is the time, Alana Ipella Saturday Sports Talk. By the way, the uh, guest Monday night at the Esquire will be Alana Baseball coach Dan Hartlib. 
heard that promo for uh, the Esquire show coming up on Monday night. Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate with you until 11. Thanks to Craig McDonald for coming by and telling us more about the Illini Guardians. Check them out, IlliniGuardians.com. You can donate like Lauren's going to do. And, you know, you mentioned the $5 a month thing. Don't laugh at that because, uh, and I know you weren't, but, you know, a lot of people aren't thinking like that. But mm-hmm. when you do think like that and, and talk about the numbers that Craig mentioned and how that could pile up and uh, – you get a lot of people doing that in addition to the the obvious big folks out there. Yeah. Could be an interesting thing. Hey, Brad Sturdy is with us on the line from Illini Guys. How you doing, Bradley? I'm good. How are you? Good. We um, we thought we might be taking more calls this morning from, uh, from folks despondent over last night's game, but uh, it just counts as one loss, but it was disappointing nonetheless. But uh, when you got your big guy out that – Probably shouldn't come as a big a surprise as maybe it did to some, but uh, it was a tough one all the way around. They didn't adjust very well, did they? No, I didn't play very well. And, you know, probably we, when we look back at the game at Assembly Hall, Maryland really, when Kofi went out with two fouls, remember they were, Illinois had a big lead. Maryland came back, took the lead at halftime. Kofi comes back in the second half, they dominate the second half. I think he played the whole 20 minutes in the second half, and they win the game by 12. And that is a. Uh, so that was maybe a precursor for what we saw last night. You know, <laughs> without him, it really makes it a tough matchup. And I, and I thought Illinois, you throw, and that's part of it. But Illinois didn't play very well. I mean, you know, they did a lot of things that they don't normally do. I thought they got they did, did a lot of bad things. I mean, defensively, a lot of breakdowns. Um, offensively, took some bad shots, um, some some unforced turnovers. Um, just a lot of things that you just can't do if you're going to win on the road in the Big Ten. Well, I think that uh, that twenty-seven to nine run that you mentioned, Illinois is leading twenty-one to seven against uh, Maryland at home, and the, the half wound up thirty-four to thirty. That's a twenty-seven to nine run, and that's exactly the way they played down the stretch without Kofi in this game. Uh, they just they I was really disturbed by the the manner in which Scott just simply took the ball to the basket and put it in, and, and nobody there to resist. It, it was really uh, stunning to see that because. It was so easy. They had the same – we had the same disadvantage in that game as as we normally have the advantage when we have Kofi. It's just, it was just like night and day. Yep. No question. I, I thought Scott was huge. And, you know, you remember last time that when only played them in Champaign, Scott did a uh, – DeMonte Williams did a really good job on Scott in the second half. I think he only had one basket or something, and he, he struggled. But, um, you know, he was obviously – you know, it's <laughs> – he took that personally, I guess. Um, kind of like uh, – <laughs> and he decided to, to – uh, morph into Michael Jordan there in the last night in the second half. So, but I, I do think that, you know, Illinois did a poor job. I, one of the keys for Illinois, I think, in a team like Maryland is getting a guy like, you know, they need Coleman Hawkins um, against a guy like that. They need him to play well and, and be really good. Cause I think defensively you saw early in the year, remember when they played Rutgers and Scott and Ron Harper are actually a little bit similar in, in, in what they do. And, and Hawkins did a great job on Harper. And so I think they really need him with his length to be on the floor as much as possible um, on the defensive end. Now the problem is, you know, then on the offensive end, you don't have the same spacing. And, um, you know, but Hawkins is a really good offensive rebounder. He did a good job with that. I I think he's one of the keys to this team um, getting better, even, you know, before Kofi comes back or when Kofi comes back. We don't know when that's going to be. I guess seven days technically would could be up by Tuesday, but uh, we don't know what the situation is. And that'd be pushing it a little bit, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, because um, I, it's all started last Sunday, I guess, and then it it, it was a vast. It became worse on in the game against Purdue. I guess it's it's fair to say. Yeah, what are you hearing, Brad? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's possible. Underwood mentioned yesterday, you know, that it's, it's possible. You know, they hope to have him back for the Michigan State game. It wouldn't surprise me if he's back. I think one thing that's different is too. You don't want to put a guy who has. Um, for this, I talked to somebody last night. You, you don't want to fly. You know, you got concussion. You don't want to go into the get on an airplane. All those things. So there, it made a lot of sense for him maybe to stay home and and not go to that game. And maybe that, that it'll help him, you know, recover a little bit quicker. Um, so you know, we'll see. I think it all comes down to whether or not he can pass those. You know, cognitive tests. Can he pass that baseline testing that they go through? And, um, you know, they, they've got baseline tests from the beginning of the year and before. And, and so if he can pass those tests, then he'll probably be cleared. If if not, then he, he probably won't. So it just – it all depends on and, – and it's not like a – that's the hard part about this is when you're dealing with concussions and stuff, it's not like a pulled muscle or a sprained ankle or something like that where, you you know, you get treatment and it's better. You know, it doesn't work that way. Everybody's different and different, you know, levels of concussions and different damage. It's all, you know, it just, it's, it's, there's no way to predict. And we already saw that with uh, Andre Carbello. And uh, Kofi's getting hammered night in and night out anyway. And, you know, you know, he's going to get hammered when he plays Michigan State. That's just the way Tom Izzo coaches his guys. So, it is uh, kind of a touchy situation, and it will depend a lot on how he's feeling. We were also hearing a little bit that Corbello was a little bit under the weather last night as well uh, with running a little bit of a fever. So it'd be nice at some point before February, wouldn't it, to, to see all these guys at uh, 100% or at least, uh, you know, Hutcherson's not going to be back. But uh, uh, some of the, it'd be nice to get a full roster out there and available. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Somebody had a stat. Um, uh, Curbelo and and um, and Kofi have been on the floor for 85 possessions together for 85 possessions this season in, you know, 20 games or whatever. So when you think about that, uh, that's that's astonishing um, it, it, that they're, they've played so little together. These were supposed to be the two guys, the Big Ten media days. It was Curbelo and Kofi were the guys at the media days, and they, they were hyped up as And then you throw in, you know, you know, Trent Frazier missed time. You go down the line, it, it's, you know, and, and all the other things that they've had to deal with. It, it's really amazing that they've done what they've done. And I, I think sometimes, you know, we you, you, when you're in the moment, you, you think like, boy, they got to win this game, got to do that. What the you know they're in a good position considering they're they're you know one game out of first place in the Big Ten they have the Big Ten leader coming to town, and you know and despite despite the fact they haven't been healthy all year so there's a you know we we often look at the negative but you know you you got to kind of look at what they've it kind of pieced it together this year you just hope that in the next couple weeks they get everybody back get healthy and and then can kind of play the way they wanted to play all season long. How is it going to work for Cabello to to hit this lineup where you got four seniors playing around Kofi, and they they seem to have uh, found their own rhythm, and it certainly changes when he comes in because he's going to have the ball. Uh, How is this going to work, do you think? Well, I think the biggest thing for Curbelo, I mean, I don't think that you know they, I don't think they want to play, wanted to play him as many minutes as they're playing him right now, until um, he gets his legs back. And the problem is that they've had to because the other guys aren't getting it done. 
I mean, for lack of a better term, I mean, whether it's on the defensive end or the offensive end, you know, missing shots, and it's not necessarily, uh, you know, some of these guys aren't getting the job done, and, and, you know, at times. And so you need him to create. They can't create, and that's one thing. You know, Trent does a little bit, but, you know, Plummer's basically a, a spot-up shooter. You can run him off screens, and he can shoot on the move, but he's, he's not a creator. You know, Jake Granderson can really shoot, uh, pass the ball well. Demonte's a good passer. But they're not guys who can put them on the floor and get places. And Gerbello's the only guy outside of Trent who can do that. And um, so they, they need him. You know, and, and he makes the other guys, especially when you go to your bench. You saw that last night. There were a couple stretches there, you know, that we saw the, the Curbelo to Payne lob that we were hoping to see a lot more of. And, and that's the kind of thing. He can make those guys that come off the bench, some of those guys, he can make them better. He can allow DeMonte to be the 3 and D guy, spot-up shooter, instead of, you know, having to be a guy who has to create. And so there's a lot of positives there. And you just work in the minutes. And I'll be honest with you, this team looks tired. Yeah. Um, and part of that is because you're playing, you know, I, I, there was a stretch. They didn't sub in the second half till like, 10-28 to play. So it was like a nine-and-a-half-minute stretch with no subs. And I and they only didn't, made one jump shot after that in the final 10 minutes after that stretch. where they And you could just see they were just dragging on the court. I really think that having extra legs is going to help this team um, playing a little fewer minutes. Plummer, Plummer, you know, he made everything early in the game. He's obviously feeling it. I think he was gassed. You know, you ask him to go out and guard for 38, you know, 36, 37 minutes uh, the way that Illinois plays defense and then, you know, run around on offense and then, you know, and, and do all these things and, and do it night in and night out. Eventually the grind gets to you. And then you've had guys who've had to deal with COVID, you know, bouncing back from that. So it's, they're, in a, they're in a funk. They need that depth. They need a guy like Curbelo to give them those minutes. Talking to Brad Sturdy from Illini Guys. Phone line is open. Let's go to Al in Fisher. Hey, Al. Yeah, good morning, guys. Uh, about last night, um, wouldn't last night been a, a really good place to, to play a zone? Um, uh, that frustra- frustrates me with uh, Brad, and I think back to Lon Kruger, uh mixing up defenses uh, even in the middle of possessions and uh, really confused the other team. But Brad's got a guy on his staff, Jeff Alexander, whose dad is Neil, and I officiated many of their games over the years that plays about as good a zone as anywhere. High school, it doesn't matter. It's unbelievable. Uh, I just I just think they're missing the boat here, and I just think the zone would have probably slowed Maryland down a little bit last night, but I know he's stubborn and he's not going to do that. But I just want to know your thoughts on it. But uh, thanks for taking my call, guys, and have a good day. Okay. Go ahead, Brad. Well, I mean, obviously, it's some Illinois practice some zone. Um, the one thing about playing a zone, it's difficult to play a zone when you're short. Uh, if you've got Curbelo, Plummer, or Frazier, Plummer as your guards, you don't have great length. Um, it's really hard to play zone. And even you put Demonte and Grandison on the back line, that's not that's not length. You know, that's pretty short for the three and four. So it's hard to play zone at college level because so many guys can. Can, can space the floor and shoot right over the top of that. You know, you put a guy like Scott out at the top against his, you know, he comes pops out at the top. It, it is there's nobody going to contest that a six eight guy shooting a three and he's going to get a wide open look. You don't rebound as well out of a zone. So I, I get that. Uh, Maryland went zone for one possession last night. If you saw that, and Trent came down and buried a three um, right out of a timeout. And so I think there's zones. Not many people play college zone in college basketball anymore because of the way the three point. Uh, line that's become come so prevalent, 
And so uh, you'll see some zone, I think, uh, but they have to have length. And that's where Illinois kind of struggles. But, I, I, you know, at that point, at the end of the game, there was a point there where you're thinking, do something else. I, I may have thought we maybe need to go double. Yeah. You know, not because Maryland was scoring in ISOs. And they were just, it's just put Dante Scott just back them down score. Yeah, or they, they weren't getting many assists. They were just taking the ball individually. Yeah. So, I mean, you think maybe double teams, uh, you know, rotation, you know, better rotations, things like that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, changing things up was definitely something I thought they should have done on the defensive end. And maybe it's maybe it wasn't zone, but maybe it's, you know, just changing the way your coverages are um, when you're when you're defending those guys in those isolation situations. Another couple of minutes with Brad Sturdy. What's new on the recruiting trail? Well, um, you know, Illinois had a, you know, nice. They've had some really good uh, feedback, good visitors, you know, um, Big, uh, you know, no just indecisis from uh, up in Lamont. You know, um, had a big game last night. I think at 33, um, 2024 kid. Um, Illinois views him as one of the top kids in that class in state. Um, has been down. Um, you know, they've had. You know, obviously Ty Rogers um, was down for the game the other day. The 2022 commit. Um, but I think Illinois is really kind of focusing now on you know, the 23 and 24 classes, and then we'll see what happens. I think the biggest part of recruiting now is going to be trying to bring in two or three high, three high school guys every year, and then it's who you can get in the spring. Um, mm-hmm. The transfer portal is just going to be crazy. So, again, I don't think it's changing. Um, we're going to see hundreds of, you know, kids, maybe a 1,000 kids, I would guess, go in the transfer portal again this year looking for a new place to, to play next year, and there'll be some really good ones. So I, I think that it's kind of a weird weird dynamic as we're looking at recruiting. Usually you're trying to figure out, you know, get early commitments from different kids, and obviously Illinois took an early commitment from Marez Johnson in 2024, but more than anything, you're kind of looking at, you know, who can I get in the portal before I take uh, the high school kid? That's Brad Sturdy. We appreciate your time, my friend, com, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. All right. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Talk to you soon. It is 9.59 WDWS Champaign-Urbana, hour number one of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk is in the books. We'll take a break and be back with hour number two after this. Stay with us. It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Headed towards 11 o'clock on this sunny but chilly Saturday morning in central Illinois. 16 degrees. The wind chill is... Four degrees right now if you're headed out. Probably not going to the golf course today, but if you're out <laughs> and about. It's a cold one, but uh, sunny and not too breezy. Hour number two, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Had a quite a bit of basketball conversation there in the first uh, hour of the show as Maryland beats Illinois 81-65 last night in Maryland. Michigan State over Wisconsin and the other uh, Big Ten game last night, 86-74. So the Spartans are in first place now. And we welcome into the program Jack Ebling, who has covered Michigan State for a long, long time. The Drive with Jack Ebling. Good morning, Jack. How are you, sir? Hey, Steve. How are you? Good. We're hanging in there. And uh, Laura and I were talking about uh, your game last night. Uh, 
looking at the box score this morning and the balance uh, you got not only from the starters but from the, the bench as well. And uh, I know uh, Wisconsin was a little bit shorthanded, as was Illinois in that ball game. But uh, tell us about Michigan State in that game. And then everybody remembers that it was a week ago they they came off a home loss to Northwestern, so that must have got their attention, or at least the attention of Tom Izzo, right? Yeah, Michigan State was on a long winning streak and uh, then showed up or didn't show up, I should say, against Northwestern and had really played five shaky games in a row and finally lost one. But uh, they're the only team with one loss in the Big Ten, and I certainly didn't see this coming last night. I thought that Michigan State would be a game and a half out of first place in the Big Ten instead of a game and uh, half game in front. Excuse me, but you don't score 86 points in Cole Center. Uh, visiting teams just don't do that. They haven't before, and for Michigan State to do that with 43 points off the bench and almost nothing from their best offensive player, Gabe Brown, uh, is mind-boggling. Yeah, the 43 points off the bench caught my eye. That was the exact number that the starters scored in that ball game, so they split it up well. But uh, you don't see 43 off the bench in any game very often. No, and, and guys, <laughs> one of the questions that we get a lot, and I think it's the media's fault because um, so many uh, members are simpletons and they need a, <laughs> a narrative they can grab onto. Who's your go-to guy? Who's gonna, you know, that's what they want. They want something they can put in the headline. You don't need a go-to guy. You need guys who are going to make go-to plays. And when Tom Izzo, several times, has played nine players before the first TV timeout, uh, he's counting on depth to win games for him. And as players go down, as they will, maybe more this year than ever before, he likes his chances with 10 or 11. Jack, how, uh, how much was uh, Wisconsin hurt by the absence of Wall? Uh, some. I don't know how much. Uh, they didn't have a third scorer. Johnny Davis had to work hard for every point he got. Uh, was not. It wasn't his best game by any stretch of the imagination, but I think a lot of that had to do with Michigan State's defense. He was priority A. Brad Davison did get hot, and uh, he can be very streaky, as you know, but he had a couple of balls that uh, were really pretty bad shots. One hit the back of the rim, shot up about eight feet, and came down through. And another one, I, I don't know how it went in. It hit the rim about four times. But uh, he's capable of doing that. And he did it last night to keep Wisconsin in. They cut a 16-point halftime deficit to six. But the amazing part, guys, was Michigan State got off to another one of its notoriously slow starts. Mm-hmm. Trailed eight to nothing, and at that point, if you said, "Well, it's going to be a 16-point game at halftime," you would have said, "Well, you know, Spartans are going to have a tough time coming back in the second half." Instead, in the last 37:20 of the game, so after the first two minutes and 40 seconds, Michigan State outscored Wisconsin on the road, 86-66. Hmm. Talking to Jack Ebling. Up in East Lansing, we do have the phone lines open, and Steve is calling from Princeton with a question. Go ahead, Steve. Yes, this is for Jack, and I've been waiting for over a year for you to be a guest on Stephen Lauren's show. But I watched <laughs> on the Big Ten Network a year ago 
the green and white that you uh, documentary that you did on the 65 66 Michigan State football team and I can remember uh-huh. watching that watching that game I was in the eighth grade and what I discovered when you did that documentary was Notre Dame had one black football player in that 10 10 tie right. and it was Alan Page pretty good one yeah right exactly and uh, Michigan State with the Underground Railroad it's probably the most significant thing about Michigan State athletics, and that would include Irvin Johnson. That without Duffy Doherty and his commitment and um, the friends he lost over it to integrate college football, I don't think you would have seen it in the South when you did. Uh, I don't even know if you would have seen Sam Bam Cunningham in the role he was in. But uh, Duffy Doherty was committed to do that and started with a bunch of coaching clinics down South when people said, why would you ever do that and teach all of them how to coach? and uh, wound up getting some players who otherwise would never have been able to play in the Southeastern Conference or Southwestern Conference, came up and, uh, you know, got a bunch of Hall of Famers. You had four guys in that one class who were taken in the top eight picks in the NFL draft. Didn't he have some good players from Hawaii? He did. He did. He had a relationship uh, with a guy out there named Tommy Kalua Kakua. Mm-hmm. And uh, not name to say, but it worked out that Michigan State would take one player a year from Hawaii, and a lot of times it was the best player there and wound up with some All-Americans and pros from Hawaii. That's the one area that Duffy said, assistant coaches, you have other regions, I have Hawaii, because I need a midwinter golf trip. (laughs) Hey, Steve, anything else? No, but I just wanted to commend Jack for that uh, documentary because it was really enlightening and well done and uh, like I said, at that time, I never realized Notre Dame just had one black player, Alan Page. Okay, yeah. Steve, thanks. We Thank appreciate you, the call. I appreciate that. Jack Ebling with us for another uh, couple of minutes. So what do you expect Tuesday night? Any way to predict? Of course, you're going to say, well, tell me if Kofi Coburn's going to play or not, right? I'm going to say, is Kofi Coburn going to play? <laughs> uh, uh, I know at, uh, talking to Tom Izzo after the game last night, uh, he knows how good Kofi Coburn is, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm sure they're being careful and cautious with him. Maybe they thought that they could win at Maryland anyway. I saw Maryland uh, trail Michigan by 20 at the half earlier this week, so I was stunned. And I saw that Maryland led 70-65. to 65. I couldn't believe it. And then when I saw they scored the last 11 points, I really couldn't believe it. But, uh, you know, Kofi Coburn has a bright future ahead, and I'm sure Brad Underwood is going to do what's best for him, too. What do you guys think? Do you think that uh, Coburn will show up against Spartans? I think he will probably play, but that's just a guess on my part. I think that was maybe a uh, – um, it's going to be borderline, I think, in terms of the, of the number of days. If they, go, if they go – if the protocol – Requires a, a week, or depending, you know, depending on yeah. how how many days the protocol requires. But I don't know uh, the the extent of his um, problem in the first place, so I can't guess. Yeah. But I, I you well, know, that'll make a difference in the game. I'm guessing. Yeah, it seemed like this was a multiple event for Kofi in that he uh, uh, Underwood said he was injured in practice on Sunday. And then took more of a yeah. quote beating in the uh, in the Purdue game, which he certainly did. We saw that that he got some really shots to the head, and and so you know I don't know. What do you think, Steve? 
I I I can't say anything more than that. I just I think we we know the same. Yeah. We don't know what we don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a borderline thing. Huh? Vegas, uh, how do you even set a line on that game? Because you've got one guy who could be national player of the year, and it's a different game if he's there or not. Let's uh, squeeze in one more call here before we let uh, Jack Ebling go, and a call from Mount Vernon, Illinois. Go ahead, you're on the air. Yeah, Lauren, this is Hack uh, from down in Mount Vernon. Yeah. I just wanted to make a comment. Uh, Jack was making a comment about Duffy Darty going south and getting the the black athletes. Little does little do many people little does many people know that our AD down at SIU in 1961, Dr. Don Boydston, came to SIU as our AD from a junior college in Mississippi, and he brought more of the talented Southern black players, and many of them went to the NFL. Amos Bullock, Sam Silas, Houston Antoine. Uh, he was instrumental in getting with Coach Hartman and getting. Uh, uh, Walt Frazier there, uh, we, he really opened the door, and I'm speaking as a Saluki, but he really opened the door to the Midwest, the Big Ten, to uh, to bringing in the players from down there. They were Shannon, uh, Carver Shannon was from down there. He played in the NFL. Uh, it was amazing that at that time some of the players on our team down there, we knew what he was doing, and, and they were happy to have him bring him in, you know. Nobody Congratulations to him. It sounds like uh, he played a yeah. very important role he was, he was, he in was that integration. And there are, there are other people. I don't mean to say that uh, Duffy was the only one in the world who did this, yeah. but he was the only one who had a black quarterback from the South lead his team to a national right. championship. And I think that uh, all of the people who put uh, principles and uh, they were colorblind at the time when it wasn't easy to do that deserve some credit. Yeah, it's uh, it was amazing, and these guys all turned out successful. Bill Wilkerson, who Lauren and Steve may know, yeah. as far as being a broadcaster with the Big Red and the Missouri, these guys were all great mm-hmm. guys. They were down there with Jim Hart, you know, and uh, yeah. I knew them oh, all. Yeah. And I, it was amazing how many guys just kept coming in, and they were wonderful people. But the South never right. did, you know, they didn't want to take it on. Hey, Hack, we appreciate your call. Okay, thank you. Yep, thanks for checking in with us. Jack, hey, can I ask you two a question real quick? Do sure. Have, do you have 30 seconds? Yes. Steve, Lauren, I want to know who you think right now is going to win the Big Ten or at least be seated number one for the Big Ten tournament, and who's your player of the year in the conference at this point? Well, Purdue's got three losses, but I still wouldn't uh, give up on them. I think the Big Ten champion is going to have at least three losses. Not to say that Purdue's going to run the table, but... I think Purdue's got the best team. I do, too. And, and maybe is best equipped to go deep into the tournament. Yeah, two centers is really helpful when you got guys that... Yeah. You, you lose one guy and you got a, an all-star at the position. But we so. learned a long time ago to not bet against Tom Izzo ball well, clubs. Well, yeah. I, I, but I, I so go... you two are both on the Purdue train, right? Yeah, I I'd think say, so. Yeah. I think so. What about you? Okay. And what about your player of the year? Boy, I tell you what, Big Ten could have... Uh, to be determined, but I would say Davis up to this point. Yeah, and they could have three or four first-team All-Americans out of the Big Ten. Yeah. I don't know that that will happen, but they've got guys playing to that level. I'd say Davis. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good choice. You know, the interesting part about the scheduling, and uh, this is where when you really take a close look at it, Michigan State never wins in West Lafayette, but they don't play there this year. So the only matchup between those teams is in East Lansing in late February. 
And uh, keep your eyes on Rutgers. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, their schedule, uh, the next couple weeks, they could very easily be 10-2 and two before they get back into the meat of it. Wow. I know that's a tough place to play, and Illinois will have – Illinois beat them by 35 here. <laughs> That'll be tough to make that return trip up there. But you can get a Jer- Jersey Mike sandwich before the game. That's, a good that's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jack, always good to catch up with Thank you. you. Thank Jack. you very much. Anytime, guys. We won't wait a year before we have you back on either. <laughs> we didn't. It hadn't been a year. I know it hadn't. <laughs> Football next year. But that, you can stay uh, in Champaign. So. That's right. Thanks again, Jack. Let's talk before the tournament. You right. bet we will. We will. Okay. That's Jack Ebling up in East Lansing who's been covering the Spartans. Has he been covering them as long as you've been covering Illinois? Pretty close. Well, yeah, not quite. But, but I will say Jack knows an awful lot about the history of things. If you want to just have a show where you just talk about history, he's a tremendous at that. Of course, they've got had a great history in basketball, of course, with all these wins under Izzo and yep. before him. And, of course, their football program's back up again, so... Yeah, he, he's a good guest. Ken Brown is in the house. We're going to visit with him in just a second. But first, we've got John on the phone. John's been hanging on a bit. What's on your mind, John? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I had a question uh, concerning uh, Kofi. I'm, well, I want to tell you what we think we saw, and uh, you can you can tell us what you know about it. Uh, in the game, a couple of games back, and I can't even tell you for certain who it was, uh, this just flashed on on TV, with, uh, and uh, I, I don't think the people that I've talked to, a lot of people didn't even see it, but Kofi was on defense down under, and he had another lion-eye guy close to him, and there was a couple of bigger guys on the opposing team, and they were uh, there was fighting over rebounds, and there might have been more than one rebound off of that one play, and all of a sudden, Three guys or so jumped up in the air. Kofi was right underneath the basket. And I think I saw, I'd love to see a replay of it, but when Kofi jumped and the, and some other guys jumped too, but the rim, instead of coming down and going up like someone pulled down on it and let it go, the, it left and went straight up. I'm quite a few inches, and I, my wife and I think that Kofi hit his head on that rim and, and knocked it in the air five or six inches with his head. But surely we would, <clears throat> surely we, that would have been confirmed, you know, by coaches or something. But I, I thought that he, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I didn't think that he acted like he was real alert right after that. I don't remember that. I, just, I, don't, I don't think Lauren does either, but... Um... Uh, I suppose it could be the beating that he takes <laughs> throughout the game on a normal basis. It's no wonder he, he gets hit in the head at some points. But I don't recall that, John, actually. But uh, yeah, well, not saying you're wrong, but I, I don't recall it. No. And I and I, I wondered, really, somebody, I'm wondering if I sat in the gym, if I would have, too. But on, on TV, I mean, the scope right. is pretty direct and everything. And I'll guarantee you the rim went up. Did they replay it or anything there. on TV? Not at all. Those no. guys were probably they were probably water water skiing in Hawaii or something. All right, <laughs> I, the Just, the announcers. I I did have oh I had another I lo- I lost it. I had another little question, but I'll I'll let you go then. Okay, thank you, John. Appreciate it. 
Uh-huh. I'd love to fi- I'd love to find something on that if if somebody else else knows, but I bet it wouldn't be very many people sitting in the gym, including myself, that probably would have seen that. But okay. That wasn't that wasn't a hallucination anyway. So all right. Alrighty. Yep. See you. Thanks. It uh, is ten twenty two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Kent Brown, associate athletic director, is in with us. You don't remember that play either, do you? Good morning. No, but I but I do know that nothing. Uh, raises the, um, you know, an Illini basketball injury there raises a, the level of concern uh, throughout Illini Nation, and especially when it's someone like Kofi. So, I mean, everybody's looking for an answer, and, you know, and I think it was talked earlier, you know, with concussions, you just never know the uh, response to it, but we certainly hope to have Kofi back really quickly, right? He makes a big difference on this team, and and uh, don't remember that particular play, but he does. It's a very physical game, and he's a very physical player himself. And it's hard to tell when those things exactly happen. And, and uh, let's just hope he gets back really soon. Need to call in uh, Colombo and Jim Rockford and well, guys like that if to you're investigate. Seven, if you're seven feet tall and the rim is 10 feet tall, that means you have to have a 30 inch vertical jump in order to hit your head on the rim. Is that right? Well, you know, that's it's pretty, you know. Some yeah. do have that much leaping ability. Well, Kent I, used to have that. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the eight-foot rim. <laughs> we want to talk about uh, the 2021 Hall of Fame class, right? Yeah, yeah. That's it, kind of a veterans group uh, pre-1950. Uh, so talk to, talk yeah, about that a little So bit. to keep in the spirit of, of oddities during the pandemic, right, Um <laughs> We uh, had our inaugural induction of the 2020 class in the fall of 2021 so that we could have people back, and that pushed the 21 class uh, back so that we announced it in 22, right? So uh, today we announced our 28-person class of 21, and and because of the – we want to get back on a regular schedule this year and have that class of 22, and we we took advantage of of this and and tried to make it a pre-1950s – veterans class of, of folks who uh, unfortunately have, have all uh, are all deceased um, you know they certainly have family members around but it was a way to to take it to get some of these early uh, superstars of the of the profession or the players um, in, inducted in the Hall of Fame where they rightfully belong but in, as we move forward it maybe gives us a little chance to get some traditional classes back in order and so you know, we we took uh, we've got people who started in 1898 and and others who finished uh, in the late 40s, and um, it's a, it's a interesting class. There's some great stories here. Uh, you know, who, Shorty Ray. Uh, a lot of people don't know that name, but he's one of six Illinois uh, graduates who are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Now, you know, Shorty Ray was not a player, but his role was as the rules writer. He wrote the rules book and was the supervisor of officials hired by George Hallis at the suggestion of George Hallis in the NFL back in the 30s when the game was really getting kind of rough and out of hand. And he had been he was a basketball player. He was a captain on the 1906 basketball team here, played baseball. Uh, but he was only five foot eight, thus the name Shorty, uh, <laughs> unlike Lawrence French Shorty. So uh, yeah, but, usually shorties are yeah, tall guys. But he was really short, and so <laughs> but he's he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame back in the 60s, and and so. Um, you know, someone who went on to to that distinction, you know, deserved it. Uh, Atwood's very own, and I say with a lot of pride, Tug Wilson. I've been pushing you on Tug for uh, years. <laughs> well, we finally, you know, this was a great opportunity to get Tug in the in the Hall of Fame, and mm-hmm. Tug uh, was a track athlete who went to the Olympics 
didn't meddle, but uh, got into uh, George Huff's uh, uh, staff as an assistant AD, then went to Drake as the AD, went to Northwestern as the AD for 20 years, and then was hired as the second uh, commissioner of the Big Ten. But he was also the president of the U.S. Olympic Committee. And so the impact he had on sports from the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, up into the early 60s was pretty significant. And so it's awesome to have him in. Ray Woods was a national Basketball Player of the Year. He shot all the free throws in those days, didn't I he? I think Ralph Woods. Oh, shot okay. His brother, his brother oh, shot all the free throws. Okay. That's who the, that's who the, the, the they free were, throw was. Were they twins? I don't know. They, they were, were brothers. They were certainly okay. brothers, okay. right. Um, we had Matt Bullock, who uh, was the – and this is almost uh, – he did almost as, as Rod Cardinal did. Uh, he was the trainer, the athletics trainer, and the equipment manager from, like, 1913 to 1946. Wow. You know, I mean, he you know he taped ankles and then got the uniforms done ready as well. And so, you know, his impact on those teams from the – all he, during the Zupke era and all those uh, – He's a combination Andy Dixon and Rod Cardinal, All in right? one, you know. <laughs> and all in one. Think about the book that he could have written. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it's unbelievable. Uh, Mike Tobin, who was the very first uh, full-time publicist for in my role, right? So I'm kind of proud that Mike Tobin's in the, this class. And Mike was hired right prior when uh, the stadium was being built and uh, was really credited with making Red Grange a household name from coast to coast and helped build his brand uh, as one of the greatest athletes in, of that time period. Uh, Horatio Fitch. No one probably has heard of Horatio Fitch, right? So he was an Olympic sprinter. And uh, if you ever watched the movie Chariots of Fire, the British uh, runner who won the 400 uh, actually did not. He pulled himself out of the, the 100 because it was going to be run on Sundays and he would not he would not compete on Sundays. And so he Horatio Fitch set the world record in the 400 in the semifinals. And in the finals, the runner from British from Britain ran the 400 and won the gold in, in world record. And so Horatio finished as a silver medalist in that award. But he was part of the, if you ever watched the movie uh, Chariots yeah. of Fire, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he plays a, a part of that. And so Bernie Shively was a college football Hall of Famer, went on to be the uh, athletics director at Kentucky for decades. Uh, uh, Jim McMillan went on to the uh, college football Hall of Hall of Fame. He Lord, played I mean, with Hallis, didn't he? He, he was he was one of one of Hallis's guys. He played he played with uh, for the Bears, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, actually was part of that uh, the ownership group. Uh, several wrestlers, uh, uh, Ruffy Silverstein, you know, from famous. The, he was famous. Uh, yeah, he went into pro wrestling too, mm-hmm. and it had a big long career in that as well as a championship wrestler here. Heck, Kenny, everybody knows what Kenny Jim was, right? So that was men's yeah. old Jim for after they moved into Huff and. And Heck Kenny was a, a great wrestling coach here. Hartley Price, gymnastics coach. Um, well, gymnastics and wrestling and some of those sports back in the and then particularly track uh, in the before nineteen fifty, there were enormous number of star athletes for Illinois. Illinois was dominant. It, it, it was those eras are are fantastic, and there's so many athletes who deserve it. So it's a it's a fun class to to read through to some of their exploits over the over that time period and. Uh, exciting to to be able to to honor them, and we're going to honor them at the Penn State game on uh, March third. I, you, you know, we're not having a, a huge induction ceremony with this group, but we're going to invite family members to come back, and we'll recognize them that night. Ten twenty-seven is the time. Need to take a quick time out on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We'll do that and be back with more after this. Stay with us. 
Welcome back to the program, everybody. Steve Kelly and Lauren Tate. And I I fellas, Saturday Sports Talk. We're here until 11 o'clock. Happy to welcome uh, back to the program radio commentator Dan Dockage from Indianapolis. Good morning, Dan. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you. Yeah, what, uh, what's keeping you busy uh, these days? We don't see you on as many ball games, but we hear you on the radio quite a bit. Kind of give the fans an update on uh, what you're up to. You know, I do a morning show, 9 to 11, on OutKick. It's a Fox-owned, uh, it's a national, it's kind of a, I don't know what you call it, streaming show. And then I do my normal radio show. And uh, Saturdays, I'm, I'm uh, Sirius XM 84 from 9 to noon. I, uh, I miss doing games, but you know what? Uh, I don't miss the travel, and I kind of like what I'm doing. I'm driving back from Bloomington right now. I was down there at a friend's party, had a nice hour and a half chat with the great Ron Felling and uh, reliving old times. It's been a blast. I've had a great time. Thank you. Well, I, uh, Dan, this is Lauren. I, we need to get Ron Felling over here for the celebration, the 50-year celebration of his last championship team in the state of Illinois. I don't know if you know that's been 50 years since uh, Lawrenceville uh, won with Felling here. Wait a second. He, Marty Simmons won. He, that wasn't 50 years. No way. Well, well, I'm just telling you that uh, it's uh, there's a 50-year celebration of the 19, oh. fi- 1972 yeah. championship team. Now, it, he had yeah, more than yeah. one championship, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In, in any case, we were talking about trying to get Ron back here. How's he doing, by the way? struggle a little bit he's he lost eyesight in, uh, in one of his eyes i think it's his right eye and uh but you know what we we, we laughed our face off last night and, uh, <laughs> you know memory's still sharp as heck and funny as hell and uh yeah he's doing good he just can't see out of one eye okay well tell us what you see yeah. in big 10 basketball this year indiana coming up with a big win illinois have big loss what do you think michigan state a big win yeah, I think that um, I think you better bring it. And we, we, my wife and I went down, and Chris Holtman was nice enough. We sat right behind their bench for the Indiana game at Indiana. And Lauren, I got to tell you, I'm watching both of those teams, and, I, and Indiana beat them, and ended up beating them pretty good. But if we're watching them, we're going, man, these two teams are pretty damn good. Like kids, big and strong, veteran guys, you know, and. One of the things I think is you better have your best players playing. And if you don't have Kofi Coburn playing, you're going to have a little problem if you're Illinois. I mean, you just are. And I don't care who you are. Uh, But I think the Big Ten is as good top to bottom. I I think that you got a lot of veteran guys. Wisconsin losing to Michigan State didn't really surprise me. I know that Wisconsin, you know, has played really well. But Michigan State's the team that I think is going to make the biggest jump as we move forward. I I just think their bigs are going to get better. Uh, I think they've got enough perimeter play, enough shooting. And then the other team, Michigan, I'm anxious to see how they play tomorrow here at Assembly Hall because they there's two things with them. they got a fifth-year transfer, a kid named Jones, who, you know, he scored big, you know, at like Coastal Carolina and, and kind of made a big deal about himself, you know, coming to Michigan and, I think coaches are learning if you're going to get a fifth-year senior transfer, you, he better be the right kind of mentality. So 
I don't know about Michigan yet. We'll find out a lot about them tomorrow. We'll find out a lot about Indiana tomorrow. If they can bounce back from a big win, I still like Purdue. I think the league is tough as heck, Lauren. I really do. Well, we were um, we were talking uh, earlier about this, uh, the idea of the, of the NIL and what it's going to mean. What, what do you see? I'm just interested in what you, you – uh, we, we have a, an organization called the Illini Guardians who are going to be giving money to Illinois players legally. Uh, what do you see uh, on that front? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I just read a thing where Texas A&M has the number one football class in the country, and they're – their boosters put $30 million into it. I mean, uh, I, I think it's great for kids. You know, I, I think it's great. You know, well, who doesn't want a little extra, you know, in their pockets? I, I get all that. I think for coaches, uh, I don't think it's great because you got to go now deal. Like, you're sitting in – I had a coach actually tell me this. He goes, Dan, he goes, now this is just for coaches. I understand we're all supposed to kiss the ass 18- to 23-year-olds. I understand. That's the world we live in. They're really important. It's a billion-dollar business, but we're supposed to kiss the ass 18- to 23-year-olds. Okay. For coaches, they're like, yeah, you know, I went in his kid's home and his agent's there and his dad and his mom, and, you know, they're laying out what offers they got from other schools and – you know, I really want the kid, so I left, and I immediately had to call a car dealer to see if we can get this kid a ride, you know, a car while he's in school. I mean, it, 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 you know, look, that's not why most folks got into coaching. Now, I'm not bemoaning coaches. I get it. Coaches are the bad guy. They, they make all the money, all that kind of stuff. I'm anxious to see five years down the road if anybody's getting an education <laughs> because money corrupts, right? Money corrupts adults. Money corrupts politics. Money corrupts everybody. And don't think for a second it's not going to corrupt an 18 to 23 year old to say, "Screw it! I got, I got ten thousand dollars in my bank account. I don't need to go to school anymore." I, I'm just anxious to see how this whole thing plays out educationally in five years. Take us back a few years. Uh, why did you get out of coaching? I, I didn't like players anymore. To be <laughs> honest with you, I, 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 I number one, uh, you know, they didn't hire me at Indiana, and then I had a bunch of offers to go be assistants other places. And, and I got to tell you, I I, um, I really like players. Now, I like them now when I'm broadcasting, I, you know, because I'm not around every day. But I didn't like it, – it, it got to be a deal where – how do I put this? Like, I cared about the things that ultimately didn't, people didn't care about. Like, I, it drove myself nuts to make sure every kid went to class. It drove me nuts to make sure every kid acted in a certain way. It drove me nuts that my academic coordinator – you know, didn't know as much about academics as I did. Those things drove me nuts. And frankly, um, when I got out of coaching, there was a relief to it. You know, everybody, everybody has to do. I think sometimes people get stuck in things because, you know, you remember the good times. You're like nothing better than winning as a player. And then there's nothing that compares to that. Like, but second is winning as a coach. Uh, and you remember the good. I always had a tendency to focus on the next thing. Got to do more. Got to, you know, what? It, almost like thriving in chaos. And the moment I got out of coaching, I didn't have that anymore. And I found I liked I liked radio and I liked TV and I liked having a life on Thanksgiving and I liked, you know, I didn't I liked the life that I didn't know was there. To tell you the truth, so. People make fun of me. You know, you were a bad coach. Whatever. I've had so many offers to go back into coaching. I just, 
I just don't want to deal with the crap that you got to deal with. <laughs> You're probably not the only one. Uh, we miss no, you. On, we miss you on ESPN. What happened there? What's the right word? When I when my contract was up, I kind of told them, I go, look, I did this for 10 years. It's a lot of fun. But I got another opportunity here to speak on politics, to speak on, to speak freely. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved ESPN. And, and ESPN went through a lot of changes. The guys that I really liked working for, the, the directors and the producers that I'd worked for for years, they were laid off. I got... Uh, I got taken off an ACC game, and the, and the director got taken off an ACC tournament. Uh, the only reason was, you know, I was a middle-aged white guy. If you want to know the truth, that's why I got taken off, and so did the other guy. They, they, you know, they put people on there that hadn't worked. So I, I told them, I go, look, I, I, thank you, but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna check out some other things. I I like doing games, Lauren. It's fun, really fun, but I like. I like being with. I really like the being around the people that I like being around. You know, and those guys weren't there anymore, and it wasn't as much fun to tell you the truth. I like going in the arena. You know, seeing guys like you, Dion, talking basketball, laughing, all that. But I like the night before with Tarico and Bart Fox and Scott John and these guys. And it, you know, they were all getting laid off, and and I just said, you know what, it's time to move on. Now, are you, are you going to be doing a Saturday morning show uh, nationally? Yeah, you're going against us. Is that you're going against Steve and I? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I figured I need to compete in something in my life, and I figured I'm going against the best here. I'm not messing around. I'm not. I'm not going against Mike and Mike or Colin Coward. I'm going against freaking Stephen Lauren. I'm gonna see if I can compete at that level. You seem to enjoy bantering with fan bases. Is that accurate? I mean, do you really enjoy that? Yeah. Last night I was with a. We were at a, Felling and I were at a birthday party for a good friend of mine. He came up, and, and it was his 65th birthday, and we're sitting there having a beer, and we're talking. He goes, hey, Dan. He goes, you know, I own uh, DanDockageHatesMyTeam.com. <laughs> so I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, you got to get back in TV, and we're going to sell some T-shirts with every school's name on them. Dan Dockage. Hey. Yeah, I mean, Michigan State fans are a pain in my ass. Illinois fans are pretty good. Indiana fans, if I if I talk nice about Indiana, I'm a homer. If I say anything bad, I'm a hater. You know, I, it's fun. And, and yeah, it, it's it's. I like. I, I always. I've always liked, for whatever the reason, Lauren. I, I always like. Con- I always like conflict, and I always like. Uh, you know, I, I, I like. Comp- I don't know. I just like it. I like when I had to pull, Coach Knight. Uh, off of Lou Henson and Dick Nagy was pulling Lou in the hallway back there. I, to, to me, that's kind of fun stuff in my world. So, yeah, I like going back and forth with people. Did you say Illinois fans are pretty good because you're on an Illinois radio show? <laughs> that is literally the only reason because they're a pain in my ass, if you want to know the truth. They keep reminding me when I said about, you know, Io. I said, this isn't going to end well. He drills a three to beat Michigan State. That <laughs> Steve is the only reason I said anything nice about Illinois fans because I'm on this station with you. <laughs> well, we appreciate your honesty on well, that. You, you have a lot of fun. on. I know that you like the, the radio show in Indianapolis because you can talk about things other than sports. In fact, you do talk about a lot of things other than sports, don't you? 
Yeah, you know, I, 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 there's a my outkick show. I do an outkick show nine to eleven, and it's kind of a outkick is started by former writer Clay Travis. They got bought by Fox, and what I like about it, like every time you make a post at ESPN, they tell you don't be political. Oh, okay. Well, then I see what Jalen Rose and all these guys are doing and saying. I'm like, wait a second, I can't be political, but these guys can be. What are you doing it? So, you know, there's a world out here that. I don't necessarily think is headed in the right direction. And, and, and my direction isn't a Republican or a Democratic direction. It's a human, you know, connection. What are we doing with our kids? You know, how bad would it have been if we all grew up and everything was virtual learning? I mean, you've seen suicide rates go up. You've seen, uh, I was just listening to a podcast uh, a, a lady had who's actually a liberal, and she's like, look, women self-mutilation self-injury is up 51 percent of young kids and the reason is kids are lonely they're stressed they don't get to run around and be with their friends and you know i don't want to sit back and you know when i'm done with all this say you know there is a time in this country where you know i had a voice i want to use that voice and again i'm not i'm not a republican i'm not a democrat in fact I voted for myself in the last two presidential elections because I couldn't pull myself to vote for any, you know, Trump or <laughs> Hillary. I, I just typed in my own name twice. I got 51 votes in the state of Indiana, by the way, a friend told me. <laughs> hey, Dan, we're kind of short on time. We appreciate your time, and maybe we could do this again. Even though you're going to compete with us, we can uh, call you some Friday yeah, and tape a segment. Time, man. Anytime. You guys, anytime. Good, good talking to you, Lauren. I miss seeing you. Hope you right. have a great, great rest of the year. Thank right. you. Thanks, yeah. Dan. Thanks, Dan. We appreciate it. Dan Dockage with us on his way back from Bloomington to Indianapolis at 1046. We take a break. We're going to go back to the Hall of Fame conversation with Kent Brown. Kent is still with us, and we'll do that after this timeout. Stay with us. Back after this. Moving up on 1049, and I like Saturday Sports Talk. Got about uh, 12 minutes left here on the show if you'd like to get in. Kent Brown is still with us here in the studio. We're talking about the 2021 University of Illinois Hall of Fame class, which honors pre-1950s legends. And Eric is with us in Muhammad. Hey, Eric, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hello, gentlemen. Um, the elephant in the room is Avery Brundage. Um, you know, an incomparable career in sports, uh, both for the University of Illinois and, and for the Olympics. You know, he's a competitor um, and also, you know, as the president of the IOC. He's got a scholarship, which I'm an Avery Burnett scholar, and I'm very proud of that when I got my master's degree several years ago. And uh, this, this man needs to go in. Um, and I think it's just a, a, a serious omission at this point. He should have been in the first class of of the Hall of Fame. Um, your comments, please. Well, Eric, this is Kent. You know, it's um, you know, it's a complicated matter sometimes with different candidates. And um, Avery, as the uh, IOC, I mean, his impact on the Olympics, the good and bad, right? I mean, you can always look back, and and, and as he was the president of the IOC for all those years. Also, very controversial in several decisions, and and sometimes. Um, uh, people get themselves in a spot that it's it's out of the sports world that makes it difficult. And uh, you know he uh, was a great athlete here. He played. Uh, I know he was a basketball player. He played. Uh, he was a track athlete who went to the Olympics. 
got involved in 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 you know the Olympic movement uh, early on and and made an incredible career. Um, but it's very complicated, and it's something that's uh, that's discussed a lot. And um, you know, there may be a day that that he goes in. He's certainly a, a great candidate, and so. Um, but his impact on sports is undeniable. Um, but I, but I do know that it does go both ways, and it and it makes it not an easy, maybe not an easy well, decision. Well, there is no Jesse Owens without without that uh, without us attending. If we would have boycotted in '36, you know, there is no. You're uh, you're Jesse right about Owens. that. Now, there's no question, and 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 there's no no question about it. Um, I mean, you know that that story in itself is of legend. And so, you know, it, it, it very well could happen. I, you know, I, I, I don't usually get, I don't want to get into details on the selection process, but I can tell you that there are debates and, and discussions about a lot of different people. And, and, um, and so it's, it becomes complicated, it becomes very complicated pretty quickly with some, with some folks. Well, I hate to see it to be that way. And I think that, that, uh, when you look at the body of work, uh, that he did, um, you know, and, and, and keeping us, you know, in those games, it, it's, it's, it's one of the great achievements that I don't go in for a lot of this protesting. It's uh semi rule 50. The IOC is one of the best rules there is. I don't uh, think that that's the format and the platform that, uh, you know, Olympians ought to be taking. You can, you can interview with a journalist before or after your events. You don't need to act out during, you know, ceremony and stuff that's protocol you don't want to go against that and i'm sure some people disagree with me on that but uh that's why it's a free country so hey eric we certainly appreciate uh, your opinion thanks for the call yeah. it is 10 40 10 rather 10 52 we've got five or six minutes left here on a lot of ipella saturday sports talk we're talking about the 2021. Yeah, we know it's 2022, but I know. this is the 2021 class, and uh, now you'll be back on uh, kind of regular schedule, yeah. knock on wood, right? Yeah, we hope to have our 22 class uh, announced yet uh, later this spring, and then we'll be recognizing them around the weekend of the uh, Chattanooga football game in, in September. You know, one thing that, and, and Eric, you know, I mean, it's a great point, but you know, one of the 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 great challenges that we have when we started the Hall of Fame in 2017 is that we were basically starting 130 years after athletics started here, and so it's catching up on a lot an amazing history of uh, of great figures in in sports in a lot of different areas, and um, this class make takes it over 100, takes it to 108. Uh, entrance into the into the Hall of Fame, the Athletics Hall of Fame, um, and there are hundreds and hundreds more who are deserving. And uh, every year, you know, I, I get uh, the nominations. I get people who email me, call me, and and I add them to the list. And 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 just you know, our 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 basic nomination list is that you know you have to be a, a letter winner at the University of Illinois um, or a major contributor to sport in some way, shape, and. And uh, that could be coaching, you know, some things like that. But it's it's an amazing process, and, and something I'm very proud that we started and, and we're working through. Um, and like Eric just brought up, we have, there's some great names out there that are still uh, could be in the future. Talk about a little bit of the criteria. Is it is it hardcore 
set criteria or no, conversation. No, that's, that's what makes <laughs> yeah. it. That's what makes it very hard because um, you know some of the, you know for instance last year Ray Nitschke, uh was you know his career at Illinois was okay. And then he became the greatest linebacker in the NFL the first 50 years and is a, was a first ballot Hall of Famer. And so, you know, he was in the, I think, the, the fourth class, you know, that went in. It, the, the class, the year of the class doesn't really matter after, to me, it's it, because it's because we're trying to, this is a long-term project and we're catching up. And so we want star power uh, every year that we have it. Uh, we want the, the great names uh, every year. We want to bring back people who are still living that can be part of that legend and, and fans get excited about. Um, so, yeah, there is no, you know, our, our basic criteria is, is you, you know, when it had to be a letter winner here, you had to be a coach here, you had to be a staff member here, um, and, and, and then we, we build on that. Hey, Marty, we've got uh, about two minutes left. What's on your mind? Good to hear from you. Well, hey, it's good to hear Kent's voice since I'm from B-Man. He's an Atwood guy, and I coached against him when I was coaching at Ville Grove, and he was on a really good team at Atwood Hammond. Well, I appreciate uh, that. It always helps my fun. ego. <laughs> well, no, you guys were good. You guys were good. Uh, big, physical. Yeah, it's a good team. Uh, I tell you what, I, I was calling in more about last night than the Hall of Fame, although I think the Hall of Fame's great. Uh I knew we were in trouble when I saw yesterday afternoon Kofi wasn't playing because we've had trouble with Maryland for the last six or seven years. And Kofi's been in four or five games with him. We've only won one of them. So I, I knew we'd have a hard time. And uh, DeMonte did a nice job in the second half at Illinois on Scott. But you got to remember, he had Kofi in there behind him. So you can overplay and you don't have to worry when you got a big guy at the basket. And... Uh, Let's hope he's healthy because we're going to have trouble with Michigan State if he's not because their big guy's not bad, he, and he's getting better. Good with, stuff, Marty. Know, with or without yeah. Kofi, you yes. have trouble with Michigan State. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah, they're going, to be, they're going to get up and down the floor and push the ball, and I, I'm a little worried. Our defense, we're a better offensive team, but we're not as good a defensive team as we were last year. You make a great one. I know you got to go, Kent. So appreciate, uh, appreciate the call, Mar Marty. Now get out and right. shovel that snow down there in my Pinehurst. Yeah, no <laughs> golf in Pinehurst today, my friend. Yeah, all right, thanks for the call. Ten fifty six is the time. KB, appreciate your time. Yeah, no, I love talking about these things. History here is uh, it's amazing to be a part of. You know, the twenty twenty two. This is the uh, actually the fiftieth anniversary of Title Nine, and so I know our class that we have in twenty twenty two. We're gonna certainly take a, a big look at at. Uh, um, our women uh, athletes and coaches to to, to try to because we're catching up. You know they they weren't around as long as the men, and so that's going to be a big part. We got a big celebration that we're we're going to announce here in the next few weeks about the the Title IX 50th anniversary of that, and so a lot of a lot of things going on, and and uh, always look forward to to talking about it. Need to take one final break. Laura and I will have some final words after this. We're about a minute away from the 11 o'clock hour. Busy morning this morning. A lot of good guests, a lot of good information. A lot of different stuff, huh? No kidding. NFL playoffs today. The Bengals at the Titans. Tennessee a three-and-a-half point favorite. The 49ers at the Packers. The Pack is favored by five-and-a-half. Tomorrow, the Rams at Tampa. Tampa is the favorite, two-and-a-half points. And the Chiefs are favored over the Bills by a point-and-a-half. All the home teams favored in the playoffs tomorrow. Well, they probably have the advantage. I mean, that's so, because their record is better. Exactly. True. You get to, you know, that's why you get to play at home. You get to play at home, right. Thanks to our guests, uh, Craig McDonald, Brad Sturdy, Jack Ebling, Kent Brown, Dan Dockage, 
very entertaining uh, 15 minutes with uh, the former Indiana coach, Dan Dockage. Thanks for your time. Thanks for all the folks that called in this morning. We had a, a good uh, array of phone calls on WDWS and 93.9 FM, Champaign-Urbana. Have a good weekend.